welcome to Emmanuel Episcopal Church's prayer service for this third Sunday of Advent. My name is Doug Rogers. I'm the deacon here, and Reverend Diane is having a well-deserved Sunday off to herself, but I'm sure that she's busy for us nonetheless. If uh, you're a regular member, it's good to see you back, and if you're a first-time visitor, please Please know that you're welcome and we're glad that you're here. Some announcements before we begin. Uh, you should know that each Sunday in Advent, we examine the Gospels uh, through the Light of the World presentation by Amy Jewel Levine. I'm sorry, Amy Jill Levine. And we meet on Zoom. All of the information is on our website, as well as the link where you can join this event. If you've not pledged your stewardship card just as yet, please consider what you can do for the good of the community and our church, and please get that card in as soon as possible. Well, let us begin our service. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. O come, thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to me. our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. 
forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I, have, I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, has covered me with the robe of righteousness. A bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. Here ends the lesson. The psalm appointed for today is number 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then were we like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses of the Negev. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, shouldering their sheaves.
The second lesson for today comes from the Gospel of John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they asked him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Here ends the lesson. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. Imagine, if you will, a solitary figure striding purposefully across a desert landscape, ignoring the heat and the dry wind that teases his long hair and his beard. He's clad in animal skins and he eats whatever he can forage from the land. He is probably, this figure, among the most theologically significant figures in the gospel. He is John, the baptizer. Each of us most likely has some favorite characters in the Bible. Some we admire for their determination or their accomplishments, others for their courage and their faith. One of my favorites has always been John the Baptist. Many, many decades ago, to satisfy an assignment for my confirmation class, I chose to write about John the Baptist. I must admit, my efforts did not please the gray-haired old school priest in charge of our class. You see, my youthful impression of John focused on his beard and long hair and the fact that he seemed to travel wherever he pleased. Well, 
my take was that he obviously had authority issues and no gainful employment. So it seemed to me that John was the perfect image of a hippie. Now, keep in mind, this was in the 60s. Now, in my paper, I even referred to him as the first historical sighting of a hippie. Of course, not so long after the 60s, I came to appreciate John for quite different reasons. Like Jesus, his birth was meticulously recorded and was marked by an angelic proclamation and echoed the momentous occasion of the birth of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. As a prophet mentioned in each of the four Gospels, he fulfilled an earlier prophecy from Isaiah, which foretold of a voice crying out in the wilderness to proclaim the coming of the Lord. John played a pivotal role in the salvation history of God. Although he was deemed quite strange, John the Baptist did not set out with the goal of being different from everyone else. Rather, he targeted all his efforts toward obedience. He was a man fully embraced by his mission to prepare the way for the one who was to follow. Even as he attracted the attention of the crowds, his mission was never lost, to point people to the one who was to come after him, who would be God's son. His popularity grew, and crowds of the downhearted and the disenchanted came to the Jordan River to hear his message and receive a baptism. But he also came to the attention of those in authority in the temple in Jerusalem. Judean priests and Levites were sent to question him because they and their leaders feared any circumstance which might upset the stability of their comfortable lives. They were completely invested in their existing traditions, and they seemed far more devoted to them than they were to God. They knew if John had in fact been sent by God, as he claimed, it would threaten their way of life. They wanted to avoid change at any cost. But John's end would not come at the hands of the religious establishment. We remember how a king's foolish promise resulted in his death. John fully accepted his subordinate role to Christ. He repeatedly denied that he was Christ and emphasized that he was simply a witness to the coming light, calling attention to the fulfillment of Isaiah's vision. Reflecting over this year, 
We might consider it to be pretty bleak and even dark in so many ways. The relentless virus that has taken away far too many lives and much of our own ability to share time with our loved ones. Parts of our country have experienced floods, while others have dealt with devastating wildfires. The demonstrations, violence, divisiveness, all evoke times in history. We hoped, thought, and we prayed were behind us. Today, we celebrate the third week of Advent. Soon we welcome the birth of a child, the Son of God, who we recognize is the light of the world. When we come to realize, as John the Baptist did, that God has given us a specific purpose for our lives, we can move forward with confidence, fully trusting the one who calls us. With the light of Christ, we can look forward into the new year and never have to fear our God-given mission. say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Dear God, we pray with faith in the power of your presence. Today in the hope which Advent brings for the creation of new visions, expectations, and possibilities for us and for our world. In our wildest, most daring dreams of peace in the world, we pray for the welfare and safety of all your people, nations, and religions, living with tolerance and respect and equality of freedom for all. For Emmanuel Parish, those whose efforts sustain this church, our clergy, bishops, and all churches of God throughout the world, we pray for your guidance and blessings. We pray for healing, as you know is needed, for those in unbearable circumstances, the homeless, the prisoners, the fearful, those who are threatened or captive. We pray for those in sickness and those on our parish list, especially children and families of Emmanuel, Dorothy, Ellen, Kristen, Mary Ann, Nick, Owen, Patrick, Rich, Sam, Sean, Tammy, baby granddaughter to Ellen and Barry, and for our families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for those celebrating birthdays, especially Parker, Mendy, Stephen, and those who are celebrating anniversaries. We pray for those who have died, especially Richard, those we hold in our hearts, and those who have gone before us into heavenly joy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of this blessing and set you free from all sin. Amen. May he whose second coming in power and glory we await make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and in constant love. Amen. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer at his second advent be rewarded with unending life. Amen.